Okay, let's begin. The, the importance of, of purpose, just to talk a little bit about that, the concept of, of understanding what my purpose is for a person trying to um, be tapped into, like we said yesterday, speaking about understanding uh, why I do what I do. So I just want to break it into two, into two parts that I think are very, very important. Um, the first, the first um, is a much um, bigger, much bigger and much uh, more um, general sense. That's something that's difficult for us to understand. And this is more based on neshama and based on uh, being a Jew um, and that is, you know, the fact that everything in this world and everyone in this world has, has purpose. And, you know, we, as we've come down into this planet, you know, we sort of um, um, are lacking the, the proper das, the proper clarity of why it is that we're on this world. And we sort of just get thrown in, especially if you're, you know, if you're born into a certain family and that family, you know, didn't, didn't give a person the opportunity to, to, to realize that, you know, Torah and Hashem and uh, what it is to be a Jew, especially if you didn't, if you weren't brought up or, or anyone who was not brought up uh, with the understanding of, of of what life is truly, truly about. Because at the end of the day, the end of the day, um, you know, we all end up dying. At the end of the day, we all end up being in the same place. At the end of the day, each and every one of us, uh, and we don't know when that is, nobody knows how long they're going to be on this world, that there's a much greater purpose for, for our existence than we can ever imagine. So the first part of this is that a person's purpose on this planet is something that's very difficult to really understand, right? Why you were born, you know, when you were born, why you were born to the people who you were born to, why you struggle with the things that you struggle with, why you're the oldest in the family, why you're the middle of the family, why you have sisters like this, why you have brothers, whatever it is, the, the variables are infinite as far as the differences. And what's always important for a person to know is that ultimately a person's purpose in this world is for a very, 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 very elevated reason. Very, very high reason that he's here to fix. He's here to be misaking. Everybody here is here for a certain mission. It's one of the reasons why a, a child, a bris mila is eight days, right? When, when, a, when a baby boy is born, we give the bris mila eight days. Whoa, 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 whoa. What are you already, you're already fixing the child. Why are you fixing the child, right? You're, you're, you're like, right, you buy something new, right? You're not, uh, imagine you buy a new car and you, you know, you have to fix the car. You buy a house, you have to fix the house already. What, what, what's going on over here? So why when a baby is born, a baby boy is born, we already have to be, we already have to change the baby. Why are you changing the baby? The pshat is, 
is that one of the pshatim is is that it's a theme and a and a and a real um, uh, direction in life is that our whole life is here to fix something. We're here to do something. We're here to do something so big. That's why Rahman al-Litzlan, that's why people die. Rahman al-Litzlan, we don't understand. This one dies at this age. This one dies at that age. Why? Because they fixed, they fixed what they were put on this world to fix. And we don't know what that is, and we don't know when you will fix whatever it is that you will fix. We don't know, we don't know when that occurs. But the reality is, is that we're not just here born just to, just to pass the time by, to make money, to, to uh, get a job, to, you know, just live life. We're here on this world to do something great, to do something big, specifically a Jew, specifically, right? Every person has a purpose, every animal has a purpose, every blade of grass, everything has, has an ultimate purpose purpose in the in the in the cosmic sense of things it's hard to understand we're not on the level to understand what the purpose is but one thing we can know about ourselves is that it's very very important to realize that we're not just here in this world just to pass the time by and just to like whatever it might be we're here in this world to do something great you're here in this world because you the world can't exist Without you, what's the proof that the world can't exist without you? Because you're here. You are here. Right now, you're needed in this world. All of us are needed in this world, and it's very, very deep. So that's number one. That's number one. If anyone has questions and comments on that, that's a very, very important thing to know. Even if I don't know exactly what it is that my purpose is, and sometimes you won't know, and you never know, but it's so important to know that you have a, a very, very, very heavy, deep purpose. That's why Hashem put you down in this world. Our neshama didn't want to come down to this world. Our neshama hates this world. Our neshama was begging Hashem before you were born. The neshama was saying, please, please. And usually it's brought down that most of us are, have been here before. Most of us have been here before. Uh, could be we've been here a few times. So the neshama definitely is like, oh my gosh, I got to go back down again. It's like, it's like, you know, you're the, the dark, you know, the dark basement that is scary, that the, the light, you know, that string light and you're hearing noises and you don't want to go down there, right? And you just go down there quickly and run back up, right? So this world, that's a joke in, compar- in comparison to the neshama wanting to come back into this world for what? What's it coming back for? For the, 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 the steak? For a steak? Steak is not that good. For what? I'm saying, what? What, what, what's so good about this world? But the, but the reason the neshama comes down into this world is because it's there to do tremendous, powerful, amazing things. And just the recognition of that, just the recognition that Hashem put me on this world, just that recognition that Hashem put me on this world and I am here on this world because Hashem chose me to be part of something big, something massive. And we don't see it right now because this world is called darkness. It's dark. We have no idea. But when a person will wake up one day and he'll say, oh my gosh, that's what I was put in this world for? Holy cow. I didn't know that, right? Because if you think about it, if you analyze it, 
you were never, you never existed ever, and you never ever will ever exist ever again. As far as you, in when you're born, what you look like, who you come from, when you came to this time, this period of time, from this time to this time, never ever ever will ever ever exist ever again. And, and you're the only one who can carry you through this journey. So that's number one. That's on a very, very, very macro level. And then, 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 let's, then we'll talk more uh, specific. Any questions or comments on that, please? Clear? No questions? No comments? That's it? Yes, Benson. Yes. Okay, good. That, right. Okay, good. So we'll, we'll talk about that. And that's our next step. Our next step is bringing it very practically down to know what it is that maybe I'm meant to do. But you can never, you never really know because you have stories where people, Rahman al-Atzlan, right? People pass away when they're young and they say they fulfilled their tachlis. Well, what does that mean? What they do, what, what changed that they fulfilled, right? Nobody, it's hard, to, it's hard to say, oh, this guy was this. He fulfilled his purpose. And then you have people who did nothing or whatever. So, so it's hard for us to pinpoint. It's not like in the time of the Arizal, where the Arizal would sit down and tell you, oh, you are, your neshama is connected to this person, to this person, to this person. And that person, you know, uh, uh, did this and therefore needs to do this and therefore needs to do that, and therefore you need to do that, right? There used to be a time where people would come to the Navi, they'd come to the Prophet, they'd come to the Tzaddik, the Arizal, someone like that, you know, which goes back to the 1500s, you're talking about, you know, 500 years ago, 600 years ago. So, so there you had people who could tell you, yeah, Benson, you know what you're supposed to do? You're supposed to work. You're spo- this one's supposed to learn. You're supposed to teach children. You're supposed to be a psychologist. You're supposed to, right? That would, be, that would be very good if someone would tell you that's your purpose. Okay? So we know that we have a general purpose. Now to talk about how to know your purpose, that we'll talk about. That's the second thing. How can I try and get as close that I can to know my purpose? What could I do to really, really get tuned in to know my purpose. That's, that's what we'll talk about really what Bensi's saying. And that is, that is things that feel right. That is connecting to certain things. That, that the Svarim HaKadoshim, the Holy Svarim say, that that is how you know what it is that you are supposed to do. You know what you're supposed to do. Right, and we'll start with that. You know, right, I, I want to just mention as far as um, the Chavetz Chaim, because really it's based around the Chavetz Chaim, which we will learn a halacha, is that, you know, we mentioned yesterday when a person's jealous, when a person's focused on somebody else, it really comes when a person is not really tuned in to himself. I'm not tuned in to myself. I'm not using my strengths. I'm not sharpening my weaknesses. I'm not really trusting myself. I'm not really happy with myself. I'm not really knowing myself. So I'm busy with other people. When you're really invested in yourself, which is probably the best investment that you can make. The best investment that anybody can do is to invest in themselves. You know why? Because you can never lose that investment. If you invest in somebody else, 
you could lose a little bit sometimes. You invest in other things, could be you could lose. But you invest in yourself, it's impossible for a person to lose when you invest in yourself. What does that mean to invest in yourself? So one of the examples is, is if I learn to understand myself. I forgot who said this, maybe the author from Kelm said this. He says, people are so busy trying to figure out Hashem. They want to get to know Hashem and to believe in themselves. That's what they try and do. Let me know Hashem. Let me figure out Hashem. And let me believe in myself. I think the altar from Kelm, I think it was him who said, or Rabbi Yisrael Salanta, I'll have to look it up, said, no, you're supposed to believe in Hashem and get to know yourself. Get to know yourself. Don't worry about Hashem. Get to know yourself. Now, what are some of the things, as like Benti was saying, that a person can figure out within himself, right? Most people know, am I a person who is a, a introvert? Am I somebody who doesn't like to share things with other people? Am I a more private person? Am I a person who likes to connect to other people? People usually look at it, especially in our society, they look at it, oh, if you're not outgoing, I've had this for many times, right? What's a leader? What's a successful person? You gotta be outgoing, you gotta be confident, and you gotta be able to you know, speak in public, and you have to be able to you know, be this guy, right? Fake news. That's not true. Why? They're different personalities. Different people have different personalities. Some people like the stage. Some people like the party. Some people like to be out there. Some people are, are like to connect to people. Some people like to stay in their own corner. Some people like to be quiet. Usually it's, usually it's the opposite, right? Usually the people who talk a lot, you want to tell them quiet down a little bit. And usually the people who don't talk so much you got to encourage them to say, maybe talk a little bit more. It doesn't work that it's like, oh, it's the same for everybody. Most of the times what happens is we have to find my niche and find who I am. As opposed to fighting my personality based on a movie actor, based on what, what you know, other things tell me what I should be acting like, what's popular, what is quote-unquote cool, so what we do is we define ourselves based on other people and what other people's ex- expectations are as opposed to saying, okay, I'm a little bit of a quiet person. I'm a shy. I want to tell you something. Sometimes when I, when I meet little children, or I'll say, Shalom Aleichem, I had this the other Friday night. Someone came over to me and said, uh, with this child, and said, say good Shabbos to, to, uh, to Rabbi Fisher. So I say good Shabbos. And the child was all was all like, uh, you know, embarrassed and all like that, right? And the father was like, oh, you know, he's a little, like was sort of excusing the, the child's behavior. And I was like, that's amazing behavior. It's very healthy. It's very appropriate for a little seven-year-old kid to meet, you know, an older person and to shake his hand, not to be like, Oh, you know, hey, how are you, sir? How are you? It's very good for somebody, like I say many times, you know, walking into, you know, a a new yeshiva, you walk into a new room, you walk into a party, you walk into a wedding, you walk in somewhere, oh, you're supposed to be all comfortable. Who, where where does it say, show me where it says that. That I'm supposed to be comfortable when I walk into a room 
with people who I don't know? Where does it say that I'm supposed to be comfortable? Why is that appropriate? Maybe it's the exact opposite. Maybe I'm supposed to be uncomfortable. Where, where does it say that I'm supposed to go ahead and feel a certain way? I'm supposed to feel a certain confidence, you know, uh, you know when, I, when I meet people or when I talk or, you know, what, where, where does it say that? Where does it say that a person's supposed to feel? It's usually the exact opposite. But what? You watch, we, we're, we're affected by the media. We're affected by Hollywood. We're affected by the lies. And the lies have told us that this is what looks the way it's supposed to be. So the fact that I'm a little bit insecure, the fact that I have my anxiety, the fact that I'm nervous, right? Oh, I'm nervous about my future. What's wrong with me? Why am I so worried about my future? Um, because it's good. What? Correct. If you're not worried about your future, then that means that that now, can I learn? Can I learn to to be smart about my future? Can I learn to then take that worrisomeness, whatever the word is, the worriness, the, the worry, can I learn that, that if it's affecting my day-to-day life, could I say, okay, great, let's get myself in perspective. I'm worried about my future. I wanna make sure that I have a great future. I wanna go ahead and what could I do today for that? That's a different conversation than there's something wrong with me because I'm worried about my future. There's something wrong with me because, right, some people suffer from, from self-esteem. They don't, have, they don't esteem themselves. They don't feel good about themselves. So that's something that a person could say, Oive, what's wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with you. What you need to do is you need to learn how to esteem yourself. You need to learn how to make yourself feel better, how to have more confidence, whatever it might be. And especially when you're so young, when you get to my age, if you have all the problems, you might go ahead and say like, okay, now what are you going to do? You're married with children, grandchildren, you're living a certain way, like, uh uh-oh, now you're doomed. You're 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, whatever age you are, whatever age you are, you got a problem, what's the big deal? What's the big deal? It's the best thing in the world to have a problem. Why? Because now, once you identify 90% of the problems are the fact that we don't know our problems. But if you know your problem, that's great. Give me my list of problems, because then what can I do? I'll put it on my, on my windowsill, I'll put it on my phone, I'll put it somewhere and say, okay, let me, get, let me get to work, let me get to work. And now, we're entering what Betsy was saying. You wanna know what your purpose in this world is? You know what your purpose in this world is? is to recognize all your problems and to recognize it's one of the purposes in this world. Recognize what your problems are, make a list of your problems and start getting to work. Oh boy, am I lazy. Oh boy, am I lazy. Great, awesome. Hashem made you lazy, why? So you could work on not being lazy. Oh boy, do I have major desires. Oh boy, do I love, you know, you know, food, I can't handle, oh boy, do I love, you know, being lazy and watching movies all day or, or Tyvis, whatever my, great, guess what? Maybe that's why you're put in this world. Maybe you're put in this world in order to beat that. Maybe you're put in this world because that is your purpose in the world. So the very thing that you can't handle, the very thing that you wish you didn't have, 
is the reason that you're put in this world. The very thing that you wish you never ever had to experience and never had to go through is the very thing that is your purpose in this world. And once a person starts living like that, and once a person starts um, embracing and accepting and not fighting all the challenges and problems that he has, that's when you start being happy in life all the time. Why? Not all the time that you can't be in a bad mood because you have a challenge. Okay, great. Here we go. Let, 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 let's give some, if, if anybody has any questions or challenges or anything, it could go, you could do it with anything. Anything a person goes through. You get fired from your job. That's awesome. I just got fired from my job. I now have a new opportunity to find a new job. I now can learn so much from my previous job. What could it be? A person goes ahead, I don't know, anyone could mention anything, you know, we could, you, you could figure out how you could take that and say, this is awesome. You have strug- you, you struggle with, with learning. Great, I get to learn how to appreciate things that I struggle with that I can, you know, try and push through anyway. I could realize that maybe that's something that I don't really want to do. It's something that I can learn to become more humble if I do it anyway. I don't know. There are many, many things that, that, that a person can think of with all your challenges. So it comes up that all your problems are only opportunities for you to really figure out what it is I can do in this world, what it is that I can do in my life. And the problem is, the problem is when we don't look at it that way. The problem is when we look at it and we have these expectations that are unrealistic. It's not even unrealistic. Expectations that have nothing to do with, well, it's the same word, but, but to just say it more clear, are not living in reality. You're not living in the truth of reality. This is the way the world is. This is the way the world is. Okay, question, comments, please. Anybody? Yes, Rubitzel. Right. Right, so I love, so I love that question, Rubitzel. I'll tell you why I love that question. Because the answer, in my humble opinion, is, is that... It's, it's really to be honest with yourself. And if, and if you are being honest with yourself, and there are different people who have different ways of, 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 uh, of, of, of connecting to things. Some people are naturally, you know, they let things, you know, sort of, you know, they're, they're flowy more. Some people have to actually sit there and, and you know, feel, feel the loss of the job. You know what I mean? Usually it's an extreme. Usually you'll have someone, because I think what Rabbi Cohen is saying, or Rabbi Tzal is saying, he's saying, but don't you have to, you know, sort of like accept the reality that you just lost your job. So why are you telling me that it's so good that I lost my job? Right, Gamzul Toiva, Gamzul Toiva, when, when, when half of you is not on board with that, and you sort of have to be honest with yourself. So usually it's extremes. Usually you have the guy who's like, yeah, I'm so happy, I'm so happy, but deep down, he's broken. Or you have the guy who's sitting there in bed for five months because he lost his job and he's all broken. The, the, I think the, you know, a balanced person 
is able to appropriately deal with it, which is, okay, I'm upset, uh, I'm rejected, it's hard to be rejected, it's hard to be whatever it is, but, but it's also not a contradiction to move on. I think a lot of times it's hard for us to live with contradictions, which means why can't I be in a bad mood while I'm looking for a new job? Why can't I be you know, nervous when I walk into a room and I say hi to someone? Why can't I be nervous as I'm talking to that person? So what we usually do is we say, no, I can't, I'm not allowed to be nervous or I'm totally nervous, which means either I'm going to take the shot or two or the hit or two, whatever you're gonna do to make yourself not nervous because I'm not allowed to be nervous when I'm talking to somebody or I'm not gonna talk to somebody. As opposed to, I'm gonna talk to that person and I'm going to be nervous. You hear what I'm saying? So that's why I like what Rabbi Cohen, Rabbi Tzal is saying, is because that combination of saying, I am nervous and I'm going to do it anyway. I'm upset that I don't have, that I was rejected from this job. I'm upset that this girl rejected me and that's okay. I'm going to move forward even though I still might have residue of the rejection that this girl did to me, whatever it might be. Is that good? Exactly. I'm frustrated. My child is correct. And, I, and, and I'm able also, you know, I'm able, and this is something Rebetel is a father, so that's why he's saying it. It's also okay to tell a child you did something wrong and there are consequences and to have a good conversation with the child. It doesn't have to be, oh, when I'm a father, I'm going to let my son get away with anything or I'm going to be a strong disciplinarian. There's, there's nothing wrong with being, being both which is you could discipline your children, which is very, very important. And at the same time, as you discipline your children, you know what, Menachem? Constructive criticism. Constructive criticism. I love you dearly. You're amazing. However, because you did this and this, you, you, I'm sorry that you're not going to be able to do X, Y, and Z, but I love you. doesn't mean we don't have what usually people associate with God. Like we spoke about a little bit today, those who are by Rabbi Veronshir, you know, God, your father, uh, authority is all either or it's either with wrath with with um um you know uh craziness like a monster with with irrational irrational god's irrational my father's irrational my whatever it is is irrational or i can get away with murder no there's something called as menachem saying there's something called constructive criticism I love you dearly, but what you're doing is wrong. What you're doing is inappropriate. What you're doing, you know, needs to be fixed and changed. And the more healthy a person is, the more a person's able to have that relationship with others and to have that relationship with himself. Which means, I got stuff. I got my issues. Who doesn't have their stuff? Who doesn't have their issues? What's wrong with that? Oh, let's have a dialogue. Let's have a conversation. Let's try and work out who we are, what we're about, what's wrong. What is Shalom bias? What's any relationship? That's what every people think marriage is. Oh, right? We get along. We don't argue. Everything is perfect. That's not marriage. 
Marriages, you do argue. Marriages, you do disagree. Marriages, you do see things differently. But what do you do? You learn to work it through. You learn to have conversations. You learn to listen to someone else's opinion. You learn to, to express your feelings and to listen to someone else's feelings. Those are all, those are all relationship 101 that a person needs to have with himself, with others, with Hashem, etc. Yes, Yehuda. Yeah. Right. I feel like it's just, for whatever reason, it just feels like a very, like it's like an unnatural feeling to be uncomfortable, which I guess is what you're trying to say. Like you should make it a natural thing. Well, well, it really is. It's not that you make it a natural thing. It, well, that, yeah, that's a high level. It, it, it's when you, when you start learning to say, wait, like, who told me that when I, who, where did I get that, where did I get it from that when I walk into a wedding and, and I'm supposed to feel a certain way where with a group of people, it doesn't even have to be a wedding. First of all, people have social anxiety. I'm not talking about um, inappropriate, not inappropriate, uh, extreme social anxiety where they might need to take medicine. That, that's also fine. People get nervous with crowds. Well, so what's wrong with that? Nothing happened. But I, I don't know, for whatever reason. Right, it, it feels... It feels unnatural or it feels what? Or it feels uncomfortable maybe. Maybe it feels, maybe the anxiety feels uncomfortable. Right. Maybe it's very natural. But maybe I don't accept the fact that I feel uncomfortable when I walk into a place. But what's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? Now again, if somebody has to hide in his room and can't come out of his room to go to the bathroom where he can't walk somewhere because he's afraid of people to a high, high level, that already might be, you know, more clinical and something that you might need medication for. But we're not talking about that. That might be. But someone just to feel nervous or to get some type of feeling, some type of anxiety or whatever, whatever it is because he's walking into a new situation or things are making him nervous about something... You know, I had this. I had this recently, where I um, the I have a very good connection with the with Rav, uh, Rav Gutterman, who's the mayor of Kiryat Sefer. He's been the mayor for many years. Um, a very very special person, and I and I and I love him. We Baruch Hashem over the last um, whatever last year or so, we really like. I have like a very good relationship with him. We're we're close. I feel like. Where, where, where I feel very close to him and I look up to him very much. He's a, he's a very uh, special person. Um, and I was invited to something recently that he, that he was there and he honored me to speak, to say something. And afterwards, right, and I, and I, I look up to him. I, I, I look up very much to the mayor and I, and I want to impress him. I want to, you know, I, I'm natural enough with him. It's not like I'm always trying to impress him because I feel natural with him. But there's a part of me, a little bit, that wants, you know, to impress him. I want to impress him. Why I want to do that, I could, you know, maybe go inside and figure that out. But the bottom line is, I want to impress him a little bit. So, so after we had this thing, and I, uh, so I found myself when I was driving 
back, back. I was actually driving somewhere else. I wasn't coming back to Yeshiva. I was driving, and I found myself. I was actually listening to a shear in the car, and I found myself as I'm listening to the shear in the car. I'm like, I said this. I could have said this, and I got in my head a little bit. I started getting in my head, and I was like, I had to keep on rewinding the shear because I was like spacing out, um, you know, thinking about replaying in my head, you know. I could have maybe said this better. I could have maybe said this. I didn't do anything wrong. Just, just I was playing in my head what I could have done. And it took me literally about 15, 20 minutes, maybe a half hour, and it kept on going. And I said to myself, and I had that a little bit of anxiety or whatever I was doing, and I, and I was proud of myself because I said to myself, that it's so normal. I, I just was at a place. He's the mayor you know, of, a, of, a, of a major city. He's a hush of a person. I was on the spot. I was asking, asked to speak. I, I am now questioning, did I do an amazing job? Baruch Shem, I, I think I did a great job. But I naturally was, was questioning myself. And I'm like, that's okay. That's okay. It's okay that I'm replaying it. And I said to myself, it'll, it'll pass. It'll pass, which it did. And here I'm talking about it, you know, uh, you know uh, a few days later, whenever it happened. But what's the point? The point is, is that it's okay if I would have beat myself up. Okay, oh, now I need to go to therapy and now I have this real problem. And I, Now, good, it could be that sometimes we have that when it's exaggerated and it's too intense. If I'd still be thinking about it now and I couldn't fall asleep and I would have to do so, okay, then you have to understand when it's affecting my life to a point where I can't live my life. But the fact, right, if you stop going to weddings or you stop going to a restaurant or you stop doing things because that, good, that might be a deeper, deeper problem. But usually that came from step, step one. Does that make sense? Okay. Amazing. Okay. Anyone else? It's great to talk about these things. It's important to talk about this. Yes. Simply. Yes, A little louder? Right, right. The best thing to, to, if you want to practically do something about feeling uncomfortable, is the, as, as more, as the, the more you, you start just being okay with being uncomfortable, that will, that will um, that's the remedy for being uncomfortable. As long as you're trying to push, it's like thoughts. The more you try and push away thoughts, the more those thoughts will push back at you. The more, oh, Rabbi Lazarus, the more, right, well, I, don't, I like to say not to accept it because that's a high level. I don't say to accept it because people say be comfortable with being uncomfortable. I used to say that also, and I, 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 I disagree. Don't be comfortable being uncomfortable because then you're going to be upset when you're not comfortable being uncomfortable. So don't worry about being comfortable being uncomfortable. That's a big madrega. Just don't beat yourself up for being uncomfortable. That's what I would say. Instead of saying, be comfortable with being uncomfortable, don't beat yourself up for being uncomfortable. It's okay. It's okay that I'm uncomfortable. And even if I'm not okay with being uncomfortable, that's also okay. But what happens is when we beat ourselves up and we fight ourselves that I have to feel great and I have to be feeling this mode and everything's got to be perfect. And I got to this... That's when the trouble begins.
That's when the trouble, right? You wake up in the morning. I'm supposed to feel great now. I'm supposed to be like, ah, but I, but I don't feel great. And I've, right, it's the old be positive, be positive, be positive, be positive, be positive, be positive. That's very negative. Be positive. How about it's okay that I'm negative. It's okay that I'm negative is more positive than saying be positive. Make sense? Y'all see, yeah, what? The light bulb went on? Okay. Yes, Rabbi Lazarus. I'm sorry, I, I have to say this every time. Rabbi Lazarus is a very, very hush of a person. No, 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 one second. I, I just, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I got the mic, Rabbi Lazarus. Yes, see, where's my mic? I, I took the mic back. Rabbi Lazarus, but I, I want, it's so important for everyone to hear this. Rabbi Lazarus has no business sitting in this shir, in this class together with us in the basement. He has no business. Why? Because Kanainara, poo-poo, as they say. Lazarus is, is, is a very successful Jew, a successful tzaddik. What's he doing here? But why is it inspiring to me that he's sitting here? Because it's not about your age. That's not what life is about. It's about learning from other people. It's about growth. It's about change. And when I see someone like Rabbi Lazarus sitting here at his age, sitting here listening to us, listening to me, it's like, it's like that in itself is the biggest musser we all could have. Because if we approach life in that way, then you'll, you'll, you'll end up being like, uh, you'll, you'll end up being successful. Okay. Sorry, Rebel Lazarus. Go ahead. Okay. Thank you, Rebel Lazarus. Go ahead, Rebel Lazarus. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Right. Right. So um, the remedy is to work on self-esteem. Right. Why? Who are you? Oh, you're positive of your positive things because you're uncomfortable. That means that you're still judging yourself based on what you think other people are thinking. Right. Beautiful. And what you have to do is you have to say, okay, I'm not the perfect. You know, I, I can tell you 20 things about myself. Right. And, and that will save me. That will save me. I feel uncomfortable. I'm coming into a, into, a, into a situation where there's an audience I don't know any of the people here. Right. You know, and, and they didn't ask me to speak. Right. But I'm walking into a place, and nobody's even looking at me. No one cares about it. You know? like, right. So you're here, you know? Right. Then, then you give me this kind of introduction. Right. You know, so you walk in, <clears throat> if you feel uncomfortable, so that means that you're uncomfortable yourself. Right. You don't have to be. Beautiful. You think, I am, I have all these positive things. I don't need their approval. Right. I realize objectively, I'm not perfect. I don't have to be. Nice. I'm good. Nice. Beautiful. Thank you, Rabbi Isaac. Go ahead. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, Rabbi Simcharabo, what did you want to say? I always have stuff to say. What? I always have stuff to say. So that's what I want to hear. Come on. Right? Rabbi Lazarus is saying that if you're uncomfortable in situations, it really comes down for, from you being uncomfortable with yourself. And, and start with that. You want to start with, how could I learn to love myself more? How could I learn 
to look at the positive traits that I have? How can I learn to realize? And I like when Lazarus said this because I think it's so true. Why do I have to be perfect? I don't have to be perfect. I could have flaws because it's okay to have flaws. It's, there's nothing wrong with having flaws. You're, you're human. You have your strengths and you have your weaknesses. Everyone has strengths and everybody has weaknesses. No one's better than anyone else because of their, their you know, Hashem gifted you that you're better looking than somebody, that you're smarter than someone, that you have a better personality than someone. That, that doesn't make you better than anybody. And if you have weaknesses, whether it's because your family, your parents are divorced, or you are ashamed of certain things in your family or the way you are, so that doesn't make you less than anybody. It doesn't make you that you're not as valuable, especially as a Yid, especially as a Jew, especially a Jew. The value of, a, of a, just a, the fact that you're Hashem's child and Hashem loves you and Hashem wants you and Hashem forgives you. You know, we're, we're so busy, we're so busy with like beating ourselves up and so busy, you know, comparing ourselves to other people. And it doesn't, and I just want to tell you something, it doesn't change when you get older. It really doesn't change. In a certain way, it can get harder sometimes as you get older because you could change less. When you're younger, you have more, okay, I could change. When you get older, you, you're sort of more stuck. You're more stuck because it's like, okay, yeah, I'm stuck with, with, uh, with the, what I've done. I'm stuck more. I can't say, I can't tell myself, oh, if I want to be like this, you know, I could be like that. If I want to, you know, go to medical school and be a doctor, if I want to become a lawyer, if I want to become, you know, whatever it might be, you know, I, obviously a person can change his career. He could change a lot of things about himself. But the older you get, the harder it is to change things. But if you internally learn to love yourself, learn to work with yourself, learn to recognize that Hashem loves me, Hashem has given me the opportunity, especially in our yeshiva, that Hashem has given me, we're in Eretz Yisrael, we're in a yeshiva, I have so much opportunity here. I could change, I could do anything over here. It's all up to me. That's what's incredible. It's all up to me. It has nothing to do with, and you know what, Yehuda, to be honest with you, if a guy wants to change to, to be able to walk into a wedding and to be confident, you could do that too. If you work at it. If you work at it, you could do it. Taking a shot of whiskey is not, is not going to do it because all that does is add to the uncomfortability when you don't have the shot of whiskey or you need more shot, shots of whiskey. And don't underestimate that, that in our culture, and it's a big, big problem, don't underestimate the l'chaims and the drinkings. I just want to say something. This is like sort of, I'll wrap up with this. It's a little bit off topic. I hope we'll get, I'm sure we'll get to it another time this year. But, but, but the, you know, the regular drinking and things like that is terrible. It's terrible that a person has to have, you know, has to drink. And, I, and, and when you say, yeah, oh, it's covered Shabbos, covered Shabbos, I don't, I don't believe you, right? I don't believe you. I don't believe you. You don't need a bottle of wine, look of a Chavez. I don't need a bottle of wine, look of a Chavez. What? The what? 
Right, exactly. Right, okay, correct. I'm saying it's not, it's not our culture is really, your, your culture, your, your generation has, has had all these escapisms and all of these things, and it's sort of uh, cloaked, you know, as opposed to, you know, cloaked in this, in this, like, it's okay. It's not okay. There's no reason that a person has to drink. There's no reason why a person has to drink any alcohol. You could drink, I don't know, on different occasions, maybe. But what that does to a person is that, oh, it calms me down, it makes me relaxed, it makes me this. Well, learn to relax, what? Right? Correct. 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 We don't, we need to learn to deal with ourselves. We need to learn, learn, underline that word. We need to learn to deal, to say, and I like what Yehuda's saying. You know what? I like to, I want to be able to go to a wedding and want to feel comfortable. What's my game plan? Give me a game plan. How am I going to do that? What are the things? How am I going to, that would be much better than just saying, okay, uh, and imagine how good a person would feel. I remember myself, you know, I'll just say quickly, I remember when I was, when I was younger, I remember when I just discovered you know, what drinking can do. I'm talking about getting drunk. I remember we'd go to chasanas, and it was awesome. Why? Because I wanted to dance better. I wanted to be more geschmack. I wanted to have more energy. I wanted to have blah, blah, blah. So what did I do? I drank. It was awesome. It was great. And then I, and then I don't know when it happened. I don't know how long after this. I'm like, I don't understand something. I remember thinking like this. I was like, wait, if I didn't drink, I didn't. So that means I wouldn't be able to dance. It was like an ego thing for me. It was an ego thing. Like, wait, am I not able to do this if I'm not drinking? I'm not able to dance great. I'm not able to, to feel, you know, cool or suave or whatever it is because I didn't drink. And I remember I challenged myself. And it was hard in the beginning. I challenged myself. I challenged myself. But I got to a point where I was like, uh, to be honest with you, my goal was that I could drink again. Not that I was an alcoholic. My goal was, well, if I figure out that I could do it without the drinking, then I could have a drink. That was my svara. So I sort of like got myself on this plan to say, well, first prove that I could do it without the drink, then I could do it with the drink, which I did. And it worked. And then I didn't need the drink like I thought I needed the drink. And, 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 and those things, it could be anything. It could be sleeping. Some people, their escape is sleeping. Some people, their escape is their phone. Some people, their escape is whatever it might be. Many people have different escapes. Might be watching movies. Might be your escape. I don't like when I feel... You have to be able to learn your feelings. Okay, this is already getting into a, a next thing. We didn't even do Allah quickly, right? Even to say that a person doesn't keep certain parts of a mitzvah, or that he doesn't keep things that are required midrabanan. It's not just you can't say, right? The, the biggest thing is that guy talks in shul. That guy wakes up late for davening. That guy, you know, whatever it is, uh, something that's more, you know, right? He talks during Chazar Sashats all the time. Hey, buddy, your Lashon Hara is a Daraisa and it's much worse than what you're telling me this guy does. So what's always important when it comes to Lashon Hara is you always have to remember one thing when it comes to Lashon Hara. Lashon Hara is, is, from the big, is from the biggest of the biggest. It's the biggest of the biggest to talk about another person, 
to judge another person, to talk about it, especially Erev Rosh Hashanah, especially Erev, you know, Yomim Norayim, where we're all going to be standing in judgment. And the last thing we want is we want anything of reality of who we are. We want everything to be non-reality. We want Hashem to look at us and say, wow, to judge us like, you know, incredibly good. And the best way to do that is look at someone as best you can. Look at yourself, look at somebody else, and try, and it's hard, to judge them for good. Judge them for the good. I think like what Rabbi Lazarus was saying, find the good in yourself. Find the good in your roommate. Doesn't mean he doesn't have bad. Find the good in your spouse. Find the good in your children. Find the good in the person who it's hard to find the good in. Try and find it. And do that, yes. Yeah? Unbelievable. Right? Amazing. Amazing. Right? saying to say five good things about yourself to be able to say it like that tell me five good things about your wife five good things about your mother five good things about your father five good things about yourself right and 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 when you train yourself to do that you train yourself to do that it automatically i think it starts becoming a habit that you see people right Right. The problem is nice. people know deep down inside when you say, but you're this, aren't you this? Yeah, I'm this, I'll start checking it off. Right. <laughs> we're, we're the people because we don't have the vocabulary, the words. Nice. So, so it helps, it helps us. Beautiful. Okay, amazing. Hashem should help us all. Don't, it's not a contradiction to what I said. Don't, uh, well, you can worry about your future. But, but, uh, but an etza about your future is do today. The more you do today and tonight, and it's one of the things I keep on saying, that's why I love the fact that Masil Sharm now is towards the Thursday already. Let us get ready for Thursday. Get ready for Thursday. It's a great way to prepare for tomorrow. So Hashem will help us all to continue to strengthen ourselves, not to worry about your past. Whatever you've done in your past, it's over. Your past is gone. You can't change your past. The best thing you could do to change your past is today. And the best thing you could do for your future is today. So either way you slice it, it's about today. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Shkoch.